Welcome back to the college basketball tip-off. Alongside me, Anthony Craven, I'm Cody Blazak. And real quick PSA, because we mentioned this briefly last week, but not a whole lot. We are now on Spotify and Google Podcasts and a lot of other uh, streaming sources. If you miss an episode and you would like to rewatch it, uh, you can type in either the college basketball tip-off or... The Craven and Blazak Experience. Yeah. To spell that, it's C-R-A-V-E-N and B-L-A-S-Z-C-Z-A-K. Uh, give Do us what? a follow. We, <laughs> we'd love it. All sport is helpful. But uh, to get down to business, last week, my favorite team of the week, and I know I shouldn't be saying this, but Ole Miss is on fire. We'll get to that later. I'm not sure favorites is the is, is the word you're looking for here. Your hottest team of the week. Hot, yeah, hot, hottest team of the week. Yes. I, personally, I enjoyed watching them. Mind-blowing by them. They're just something special right now. And I, I don't know how to elaborate on that, but we'll get to that later. To start off this week, though, uh, Saturday, February 13th, Mississippi State will be playing Vanderbilt on the SEC Network at 12, Mississippi State game. struggled big time those last seven minutes against LSU. They scored eight total points, and they looked good. They kept this game very, very close for the majority of it. Tolu Smith and uh, Derek Fountain played incredible. I, was, I didn't realize this. I looked this up earlier. But they combined for 44 points on 18 of 23 shooting. They missed yeah. five shots altogether. Yeah. Combined. Yeah, combined. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. 18 rebounds, two blocks, only four turnovers, four assists. And for this game, I noticed they kept their turnovers down, and they still couldn't win this game, which is fascinating to me in an odd sense because that seemed like it had been their problem the past couple weeks. Yeah, well, and, and and it was still a problem in that they had significantly more turnovers than did LSU. So, yeah, they didn't have 20 or 25 turnovers, and they had way more assists than turnovers did State. They certainly moved the ball really well, but when they did turn it over, LSU capitalized on almost every single one of those turnovers. I think LSU had a a 19 or 20 point advantage in points off of turnovers because they LSU only turned it over seven times the, the entire game. So Ben Hallen very frustrated after the game with his team's defense because they did more than enough offensively, except for the final eight minutes or seven minutes of the ball game to win. I mean, that's, that's odd. Those final seven minutes were so weird because state still scored 80 points and, and, and set with seven minutes left in the game, they had 72 points. And I, th- well, I think it was LSU 75, State 72, with seven minutes left. And the final score is 94 to 80, LSU. So when State did get sloppy, it happened there down the stretch, and they just could not make shots, and, and their defense was, was bad all night long. And you can't do that against one of the better offensive teams in the SEC and in, in LSU, LSU is is undersized, but they're very skilled on the offensive end, and, and they shot lights out. And Javante Smart played great. Uh, that freshman, Cameron Thomas, is wow. uh, I mean he might be the best freshman 
in America. I mean, I know the kid from Okie State, whose last name I can't remember now. Cade Cunningham? Cunningham. Thank yeah. you. Yes, yes, yes. Cunningham of Oklahoma State. I mean, I know he's the projected you know, NBA star. I'm not sure what Thomas's future projections are, but, he, but he's, he's easily the the, uh, the freshman of the year in the SEC uh, and is one of the best freshmen in America. He was great. And just just I figured it would be high scoring because most of LSU's games are high scoring, but they've had some games recently. I mean, they had lost four of their last five coming into that ball game. Most of that was because they were playing teams like Tennessee and, and Alabama and, and, and Florida and Missouri, but LSU just lit state up. I mean, starting early, you know, they just they they were in a groove offensively. State was having a difficult time um, with some youngsters on the court in Davon Smith and Derek Fountain, who who had good games offensively, but those two guys in particular were not communicating well with the other guys who had been playing a lot of minutes, and 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 so it, defense was an issue for State, and Ben Howland was as frustrated as, as I've seen him in a long time with uh, his team's play and, and just, I mean, almost came unglued uh, in the second half with the way his team was was playing defense or not playing defense. So, uh, yeah, State needs a, a bounce-back win in the worst way. And uh, it's, listen, there are no gimmies in this league. But if you're a team that needs a bounce-back win, you're at home, and you're playing the team that's in last place right now in the SEC, and a team that you've already beaten once on the year and scored over 80 points in beating them in their building earlier in the year. So it's a it's a good recipe, you would think, for State to get a much-needed home conference win, which they haven't had one in a while. On paper, this match looks very good in the favor of Mississippi State. But Vandy seems like they are getting better week yeah. by week, little by little. They only lost to Auburn by six, and they were leading Auburn at halftime. And Auburn's been an up-and-down team this year. So can Vandy catch a break? I, I, I don't think they will, <laughs> but I, I, they're, they're, they are getting – we both see improvement from week to week of them just get – the margin of them losing is getting less and less and consistently. It's not like they lose a game by three and then get blown out by 20 the next game. It's it's consistently yeah. the gap is getting smaller. So I'm not I'm not saying Vandy's going to win this game, but if they lose I don't think it's going to be a blowout like people would expect Vanderbilt to get blown out as they have the begin as they did the beginning of the season. Yeah, no, they have they have clearly closed the gap has Vanderbilt, but they haven't closed it enough where now those close losses are becoming close wins. I mean, they still only have the one SEC win on the year, and that was one of those days where they did catch some breaks, where they had some long distance uh, threes, you know, contested threes, difficult shots that went down. I mean, they made a crazy amount of shots. In that victory over South Carolina, the ball bounced their way. Some players for the Gamecocks were in foul trouble. Things like that. Things that, that, that you cannot control went their way. If all these things break their way today, yeah, State could be in trouble because Vanity you know, is a team that, that can score. And, and State has shown they can score too 
when they're playing a team that's not a great defensive team, and, and Vandy is not a very good defensive team. But yeah, if State comes out and does not play better defensively than they did against LSU, they could be in trouble today against a, a hot-shooting Commodore squad. Fingers crossed for Mississippi State. I, Mississippi State has to come out of the regular season on a high note. This is where they have to start it. And they have to make a run in the SEC tournament in order to make the NCAA tournament. And they have some manageable games down the road. But if they don't win this game, I I don't think they're going to get in. No, no. I I mean, if they were to lose at this game, then... You start looking at their schedule, and it looks like they are, you know, best case scenario, a seven and ten conference record if they were to lose today. So yeah, no, it's it's a must win for state without question. If nothing else, to get them back on track to be around that five hundred mark in conference play, and that at least puts them in the discussion for some kind of postseason berth. Plus, it improves their, their seating for uh, the SEC tournament next month and it projects them into or could propel them into the offseason and next year with some momentum if they continue to lose home games like they have over the past couple of weeks in conference play then it you know then that momentum they had earlier in the year when folks said oh they're they're better than we thought they would be that you know that momentum is eroding with with every home conference loss Mississippi State hosting Vanderbilt at or on the SEC Network at 12. Moving on, we have Auburn at Kentucky on CBS at 12. The matchup CBS executives were hoping for, right? <laughs> this game looked really, really good at the beginning of the season. <laughs> now that we're almost at the end of the season, it does not look very good. Really... I didn't want to have to say this this year, but I think it's time we admit Kentucky is a – they're just not a good team this year. Yeah. And Auburn – Auburn's not a good team this year either. They're they're not what Hopes had them at, at – this is like a game of where two teams were predicted to do really well, and now they're not even going to make the tournament. Yeah, it's – it's. <laughs> I mean, the, the tournament, heck, they – I mean – they might both finish under 500. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, not even NIT if there is an NIT. Well, this year. Kentucky is going to finish under 500 for the regular season, Incredible. which has not happened since the 1988-89 uh, season, and then before that, it was the 1926-27 season. So they finished <laughs> under tw- under 500 twice in almost the past hundred years. Just that's how dominant of a program Kentucky basketball has been. And then, hey, we get to witness one of those years where they're, they're not too bright. And it, It's been an oddity. Yeah. yeah. It, it has been an odd, odd year. And one thing that we're seeing across the country, and I think this applies to both teams in this game, Auburn and Kentucky, is that with the weirdness of this season – uh, no fans or very limited fans in the stands, having to get, you know, having the benches situated differently, having to follow all the protocols when you travel. You know, everything's been so weird. School, you know, most of it, if not all of it, for the athletes is online. Those, those kinds of things, teams that are super young have not been able to handle the weirdness 
of this past year, as well as more veteran squads. And both of these teams are, are young teams, uh, especially in their starting five. So it makes you wonder, preseason, really what, what folks saw in these two teams. Because for Auburn, I mean, outside of, you know, outside of Cooper, it really is a, a rebuilding year for them this year. Um, I mean, Cooper and Flanagan, people thought, you know, but I mean, the rest of the roster, I mean, I'm not sure how they were projected to be an SEC contender. Uh, they still should be better than where they are right now. But, you know, this was very much a, I don't know if rebuilding is the right word. You know, it's hard to say two years removed from a Final Four that you're now in a rebuilding year. But, I mean, all that momentum from, 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 from 2019 seems to be gone now for Auburn. And for Kentucky, we're seeing... You know, this, this is what happens not not very often, but you know, every you know six years or so, if your roster is constantly being overhauled every single year, and you go all in on one and dones, well, when it's a year that the talent pool nationally is not as strong as it was the year that you know before or three years ago, then you could run into this issue. You know, I, mean, I don't think anybody on Kentucky's team is a is a first round NBA draft pick. Not this year, at least. Right? Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not 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 in this year's draft. Right? Uh, you know, the, I mean, these five guys they were all rated very high, but none of these dudes are Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis yeah, or Jamal or, Murray or, or Booker uh, or any of those guys. Right? <laughs> not I even just, close. Yeah. John Wall, Demarcus Cousins. I mean, no, Tyler Hero. I mean, yeah. This. The field of this year of the weirdness is how Kentucky is probably feeling about their basketball roster right now and that team. And maybe it is the circumstances of the year that they are a 5-13 and 13 team. Maybe next year the same roster will go lose three games maybe and be yeah. incredible. I, I, I have no clue. But the, – <laughs> They just aren't a good team this year. Fatally flawed team, yeah. They, they, you know, it's not – they aren't terrible because they aren't getting blown out. But this is a classic example of a team that is just having a terrible season. I mean, nothing's gone right for them. So, you know, they're, they're, there are bad teams and there are bad seasons. And this is a team that is just having a terrible season. And we will see what happens in the offseason. You know, how many of these guys stick with Kentucky? You know, because, you know, NBA GMs still make really dumb decisions in, in who they draft every year. Um, and they're still going to take, uh, kind of like college recruiting, right? <laughs> the, it's, it's, it's a weak, it's a weak talent pool, but we still got to take them, yeah. right? I mean, the same thing for the NBA. It's a weak talent pool this year, but who else are you going to draft? You know, take all, the guys all, from Europe, all, I mean, all European players. Yeah. Right? I don't, you know, or it could be a year where where more juniors and seniors are drafted than um, than than usual. We'll we'll see. But if, if if the Wildcats can keep this nucleus together, then uh, they'll have a chance to be, to be a really good next year. No no question. Auburn at Kentucky on CBS at twelve. Moving on, we have number sixteen Tennessee at LSU on ESPN at one. This matchup looks fun yeah. on paper. Yeah. I I don't know if it'll live up to that. I hope it does. 
but I think this is LSU's shot to get into the top 25. Yep. We, we've been talking about this all year, how they probably could be in the top 25, but they have a bad break here and there. And I'm not confident in Tennessee right now. They just – something isn't clicking with them. Not so, like it yeah. was the beginning of the season. And I, if I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm not a Tennessee fan, but if I was, I, I would be very – I would be nervous at this point in the season playing a very good LSU team. I, and LSU is going to make a run in the tournament, in my opinion, at least. I mean, yeah, I, they're a good team. They are. I mean, they they are. When I watched them on on Wednesday night, I thought to myself, "This is the best offensive team in the SEC when they're healthy." That's the best offensive team in the SEC because they've got balanced scoring. They got four or five guys who on any given night can score 15 points or more. They've got some, you know, again, there's, there's no, the only thing they're missing is that real physical inside guy. You know, I mean, they got some wings, you know, they got some six, seven, six, eight, six, nine guys who really play like small forwards. Uh, you know they don't have a true power forward or a true center who's healthy right now uh, and able to play. That's their only offensive weakness. Outside of that, I mean they can score inside, they can shoot the three, they can drive to the basket, they they uh, don't turn the ball over. Javante Smart is you know takes care of the basketball really well. He's now a veteran, and I watched them and I thought that's the best offensive team that I've seen this year. In the SEC, Tennessee is, along with Ole Miss, I think the the best defensive team in the SEC. So yeah, the, a fun matchup of, of offense versus defense. I think LSU gets the win. I think you know that that's the one thing they're missing. You know they have they have no bad losses on the year, but they've struggled when they've played really good teams. This is their chance to get a win against a really good team, and and I think cement their place. Uh, in the postseason. Well, as far as really bad win or losses, they have that one Kentucky oh, loss. True. Which that's right. But besides that, they have that's two right. losses to Bama. They have a loss to Florida. A Wait. loss to Texas Tech. Yep. I mean, they yep. have. Those they are all have, ranked teams. Yeah, they have ranked losses Top minus Kentucky. And there was there was a time we thought that Kentucky might be rising up. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll give them that loss. But this is this is their chance to get a. Top 25 win. And the way Tennessee is playing, I have no confidence in them. And I think with this game being in Baton Rouge, I think LSU is going to win this game. Honestly, I think they're probably going to win this game by like 8 to 10 points minimum. Just The way Tennessee has been playing, they should have lost that game to Kentucky. Yep. And that ever since I watched that game, I was like, I... I my confidence is just shot. Yeah, something with them offensively just is not clicking on a consistent basis. And they're going to walk into a, a tough spot this afternoon today, I think. Number 16, Tennessee at LSU on ESPN at 1. Moving on, we have Georgia at number 11, Alabama on the SEC Network at 2.30. Alabama uh, struggled a little bit against South Carolina, was not expecting that. And Georgia hanging on with Tennessee. It was, it was a, 
I wouldn't say a super close game, but it was. It's not. They didn't get blown out. They lost no. by seven points, or it might have been eight. And that was in Knoxville, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I know we haven't given Georgia a lot of credit because they haven't played a lot of like really good teams yet. They've got a good record. They're uh, twelve and seven. Yeah. But they haven't had any competition, and now we talked about this last week. Their schedule is getting harsh, very harsh. They're playing. Uh, they play Tennessee. They're going to play. Alabama, then they play Missouri, LSU, and Florida, I believe. And arguably, those are the five best teams in yeah. the SEC. So, heck, why not beat a couple of them? Listen, you know, here's here's the, you know, that's the bad news, right? Really tough stretch to end the year. The good news is, if Georgia can win, and it's a big if, but if Georgia can win the majority of these games, when you look at, you know, around the SEC – who could make a run and become that seventh team out of the conference to make it into March? They already have, what, 12 or 13 wins on the year. If they win the majority of these ball games, they're going to finish above 500 in conference play. They're going to finish, you know, what, 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 10 games above 500 in the overall record, mm-hmm. and they're going to have several quad one wins huge opportunity right here for Georgia to play themselves in if their defense can continue to get better because their offense has has always been there I mean they've been a good offensive team all year long but as their defense gets better or if they can just you know score in the 90s and outscore somebody if they can win these ball games then they have a great shot of playing themselves in now with that said are they going to win today? Probably not, because Bama is still the best team in the SEC, and they're at home. But Bama's defense uh, has, has been spotty the last, uh, what, two weeks, it feels like. They they uh, feel like they're a bit on the low side of things right now. Not playing as well right no. now as they were in January. And it was, ever no si- it was ever since that Oklahoma loss, and then they lost again to Missouri. So, that. Alabama's schedule is pretty easy the rest of the season, and they need to finish on a high note, and they probably will. I think Alabama will probably win out their regular season schedule. But if they do win out, and then they win the SEC tournament, do you think they are good enough to be a number one seed? Well, that's a great question. Uh, it, you know, they're it, 11 in the nation right now. Yeah, and, and, and they look like, like you said, based on their schedule, they, they look like they're going to walk away with the SEC championship in the regular season. They and Tennessee don't play each other again, uh, and they've already beaten Tennessee. Uh, they don't play Missouri again. Missouri does own the tiebreaker against them, but Missouri is, is what, two and a half or three games behind them now. So they, I mean, they've got at least a two and a half or a three-game lead over everyone else in the conference. Uh, so well, Alabama is actually four games ahead of Missouri. Okay. Now, Tennessee is three and a half, and a couple other teams, but Missouri is now four games behind Alabama. Well, there you go. So, so I mean, the, the the teams closest to them still are Tennessee and Missouri, correct? Yes. And well, and, Tennessee, Arkansas, LSU, Florida, and then Missouri, because Arkansas right. and LSU the are yeah. Arkansas and LSU are both three and a half games behind them as tennis, like Tennessee is. So, and, and when does Bama play Arkansas again? Bama plays Arkansas the 24th, Wednesday. In, in Fayetteville? Yes. Nice. Okay, so that that's 
that's their last chance to be beaten. Yeah. I think, unless they slip up. I mean, could they slip up in Starkville? Sure they could. I mean, State almost beat them in, in, in yeah. you know, in Tuscaloosa a few weeks ago. And that's a matchup that, uh, you know, physically a matchup that actually kind of favors State at some positions because State is so big and, and physical on the inside and, uh, and Bama is not. But I just don't know. No, no more ranked opponents left on their schedule. So... Assuming they avoid any bad losses, their resume will be very, very good. But they don't have any chances to really make, make their resume better unless teams that are also ranked around them in the top ten drop you know, a bunch of ball games. At this point, you think Gonzaga and Baylor, unless they collapse or have a, a, a bunch of injuries or you know COVID positives on their roster – I mean, they're almost a given to be a, a number one seed. And Who, I, Michigan, too. Whoever wins the Big Ten. Yeah. If it's Michigan or if it's Illinois, whoever comes out as a, as a top team in the Big Ten is almost guaranteed that, that third number one seed. So so is Bama going to have a resume better than the ACC champion, better than the Big 12 champion better than you know a houston or a villanova yeah. i don't know that's the question georgia at number 11 alabama on the sec network at 230 we have next arkansas number 10 missouri oh, good game on espn2 at three arkansas wins the games they are supposed to win and they lose the games yep. they are supposed to lose that should sum up this game, <laughs> but Missouri got blown out against Ole Miss, and what it was not world? pretty. I, I think Missouri just hates playing in Mississippi. Yeah. They've now, in the two games they, they've played in Mississippi this year, they've lost by a combined 36 points. I, I know last week I picked Ole Miss to beat Missouri. I didn't pick them to beat them by 21 points. No, no one I did. thought they would win by Two, Kermit five. Davis didn't pick Ole Miss to win by 21 points. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it would be a close game, and I picked Ole Miss as a, not as a joke. Like, I mean, I had confidence in it, but I, I wasn't confident enough to say Missouri's going to lose to them by 21 points. I, I just, I don't understand how that happened. Moving on with that, I think Arkansas has hope after that. I, I think this could be... That resume win where it moves them up a seat or two yeah. in the tournament. Because yeah. Arkansas most most likely is going to make the tournament, but they don't have a big time win. Nope. They we say we probably say this every episode, but they win what they need to win and they lose what they're supposed to lose. And zero bad losses on the resume, but very few quality wins too. Who are you going with this one? I think Missouri bounces back. Ah, they're gotta, they're so much better Arkansas at home on than, than, than they are on the road. And that's uh, Arkansas at number 10, Missouri, on ESPN2 at 3. Last game of the day, Ole Miss at South Carolina on SEC Network at 5. Holy cow, Ole Miss. What are they putting in the water at Oxford? These past three games, red hot. Yeah. Now that's two two home wins over teams ranked at the time in the, in the top 10 plus a road overtime win against Auburn. Yeah, I mean they I mean they're the hottest team in the SEC right now 
And uh, South Carolina needs to come away. I mean, they need to fix some things defensively or else uh, Schuler and company might, might uh, walk out of there with what? Ole Miss's fourth straight win yeah. in conference? Anyway, that's Ole Miss at South Carolina on the SEC Network at five. We've got like 40 seconds left, so we're just going to run down like interesting games in the top 25. We have number 22, Loyola Chicago, at an one-loss Drake team yeah. now. Uh, the battle for the uh, Missouri Valley Conference. West Virginia, number 14, West Virginia versus number 12, Oklahoma on ESPN Plus at noon right after this. Then we have... Loyola Chicago at Drake again on Sunday, number 21, Wisconsin, at number 3, Michigan. Good and then game. on Monday, we have number 17, Florida State, at number 9, Virginia. And, and that, 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 that might decide who wins the, the ACC. Good stuff. That's all we have today. Alongside me, Anthony Craven, I'm Cody Blazak. We'll talk to you next week.